Hello, and welcome to I Started Listening. My name is Peyton Thomas, if we have not met, and I just want to welcome you to another episode of I Started Listening. In fact, I want to welcome you so specifically right now, because if it's your birthday, I just want to say happy birthday, happy birthday. But if it's not your birthday and you want to feel special, I'm just going to tell you happy today. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope this makes your day a little bit better. But here's the deal. If I don't know you, that's a problem because right now I don't have a ton of listeners. And so that means if I don't know you, that's kind of a problem because I, no matter how many listeners I end up getting, I want this to be a two-way street, right? I don't want to be just talking to you every week, but I want you to actually engage with me, which means you need to reach out. You need to call me. You need to text me. You need to email me. You need to DM me on Instagram and I will respond. I want to meet you. I want to know about you and I want to talk to you. That way I know who I'm talking to whenever I'm recording these episodes. The purpose of this podcast is to kind of show what I've been learning in my life as I learn how to reflect, as I learn how to listen to what's going on around me. And I I give you examples from my life of different encounters I've had, different situations where I've learned that the best way to grow is when we actually start listening. And I, and I hope what I go through can help you reflect on your life and help you grow in some of the same ways, but also ways that are unique to you. One of the things that most people find pretty uncomfortable is whenever we're having conversations and there's that awkward silence, right? There's that silence that comes after Um, someone stops talking and then no one starts talking and it's just kind of, okay, what's going on here, you know? And it's that awkward silence. I, for one, love awkward silences because it's awkward and it's funny. Most people hate awkward silences. And what I've been starting to realize is that in that silence and in silence in general, we can actually learn way more than we can otherwise. So, When I started embracing the silence, I started listening, and this is what I'm hearing. Do you have any pet peeves? I have a major major pet peeve. It happens when we're in the car together. So say we're in a car full of people and we're playing some music. All right. I am never opposed to blasting some music and singing along at the top of our lungs. I love doing that. But here's my pet peeve. When people, usually the driver or the shotgun rider, play music super loud, aren't singing along, and then try to talk to the other people in the car by yelling over the music. And then in the back seat, you can't even hear them because the music's too loud and they're in control of the music. And you're like, dude, seriously, turn down the music so I can hear you because you're just yelling for no reason and we can't even understand you anyway. And then it's just frustrating. And that's my pet peeve. So I usually am just like, hey, turn the music down. Or, you know, let's just sing. So that's my pet peeve. But here's the deal. I think that happens a lot in 
all of our lives, not just in the car with the music kind of deal, but I think oftentimes the noise of the world, that the world is telling us what's going on in the world, that noise is so loud in our heads that we don't even have time to process what we need to process for ourselves. Like what's, what, what we're listening to in the world, whether that's on the news or on a social media or whatever it is, that that's, that noise is so loud that we're, we're allowing that to be in our life so much that we actually forget to hear the voices that are trying to help us or trying to encourage us. So maybe you're on social media so much that, th- that those voices, that noise of the world is being so loud that you don't give other people opportunities who love you to speak life into you because you're so engulfed in hearing what the world has to say and you forget to be replenished by those who love you. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is how are we going to maintain a posture where we're able to maybe cancel out or push back the noise that the world often gives gives us and instead listen for the voices that are going to bring us life, going to bring us love and really going to make us better people. Because I think if we only listen to the voices of the world, the voices of the world often don't love us. And so they're not going to try to make us better people. But if we want to be better people, let's start listening for the voices that are going to make us better. They're going to make us grow. They're going to make, they're going to show us how much we are loved. But how can we do this, right? We're, we're, I don't know what the the statistic is, something like it's thousands of advertisements, advertisements that we see every single day. Those are all that noise from the world trying to get something from you but let's start listening for something that's going to give something to you and that's what i want to talk about today how can we surround ourselves with people with situations that allow us to hear what we need to hear what what can we do in our own life because there are people that want to speak life and love into us so what can we do in our own life to not only hear those people, but also self-reflect and give ourselves time to grow. And I think the word that we need to focus on is silence. Because what I found is when we are silent, we're, we're allowing those voices, whether that's our friends, our parents, whether if you're a person of faith, whether that's the voice of God, whether that's some um, self-reflection, we're allowing all those things to come into our lives and then help us shape and help us help us shape into the person that we're meant to be and then also help us grow. So the word is silence. This episode is called Be Quiet, almost called it Shut Up, almost called it Silence. Um, but that's what we're going to focus on. How can us, how can, when we stop talking, how can that actually help us listen and grow? I talked about the awkward silence earlier. And I think a lot of times when we encounter those awkward silences, those pauses in conversation, that we are quick to try to fill that silence, fill that space with either noise or maybe a joke or anything to prevent that silence from staying. It's almost like the silence is our enemy. And it's almost as if if we're being silent, 
we aren't being productive. I felt that most of my life where, hey, I want to be as productive as possible, whether this is at work, whether this is at something I'm trying to improve in, like a sport or training in some regard. And if I'm ever still, if I'm ever not moving, if I'm ever not physically doing something that people can see, people can hear, then I must not be doing enough. I must not be actually making progress if I'm not speaking, if I'm not doing, if I'm not going. But this is what I found. So as you may have known, if you listen to other episodes or if not, I have a horse and her name is Grace. And she has taught me so much about listening and about life and helped me grow in so many ways. And this is what I've been learning a lot recently. I used to think I had to be training her 24-7 in order for her, her to get the picture, to improve, to kind of understand where I'm going at and, and, and help her get to the correct mental state. But this is what I've learned. So as I'm training her, one of the things I'm looking for is signs of relaxation because when she's relaxed, then she's more receptive to learn. But if she's amped up, then she is not really thinking about what she's learning and she's thinking about something else. So my goal is always to her, for her to remain in the most relaxed state possible. So it's really easy for me just to train, 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 just to be to feel like we're being productive by making a lot of noise. But what I've found is that oftentimes we make the most progress when we're actually not doing anything. Allow me to respond so or allow me to explain. So as I mentioned, one of the goals is to remain or to remain and show signs of relaxation. And one of the ways that horses do this is called the lick and chew. So it's almost like when you give a dog peanut butter and you see them like licking their lips. Um, That's kind of what it looks like when it comes to the lick and chew with horses. Now, horses don't do this when they have something in their mouth. They do this when they go from what's called the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system, this is for all animals, So the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight response. So whenever humans, horses get scared or like, whoa, what just happened? They go to the sympathetic nervous system. Now, this doesn't mean a lion is jumping out at them. Yes, that does cause them to go to the sympathetic nervous system, but they can also go to the sympathetic nervous system just by a bird flying by. And they're like, oh, what was that? And it's not even necessarily showing signs of, oh my gosh, what just happened? But they still go to that sympathetic nervous system. It's a new new stimuli that they weren't expecting. They go to the sympathetic nervous system, which in some cases, some extreme cases, they're super amped up. And in some cases, you can't even tell by looking at them. But when they go from the sympathetic back down, or they can also go to the sympathetic um, if you're asking them to do something that's super uncomfortable for them. Like if you're asking them to do something new and they don't really know how to do it, that might cause a little bit of anxiety, which which causes them to go to the sympathetic nervous system. So, so far, I've talked about how they can get to the sympathetic nervous system. Now they get back down to the parasympathetic nervous system, which the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest state. So sympathetic is fight or flight and parasympathetic is the rest and digest. We want to get them down to the rest and digest. So we're trying to get them from the sympathetic nervous system back down to the parasympathetic nervous system. How do we know that they've done this transition? They lick and chew. So that's what we're looking for when we're trying to get them into a calm state. 
One of the ways that you can do this is you need to remain calm at all times. If you aren't in this parasympathetic nervous system, they aren't going to be in the parasympathetic nervous system. This is very important when I go into my next story. As I've been training grace, I used to go all in of training, train, training. Do this, move, do this, move, do this, move, do that, move. What I've realized and what I've been doing recently is over the course of 45 minutes, sometimes I only do maybe 10 moves, whereas I used to do 50, 100, I don't know how many, but I've only been doing like 10 moves and to someone on the outside that looks super unproductive for that 45 minute period. But what I'm doing is I'll show her a new move and then she'll, which will put her into the sympathetic nervous system. And then I will sit there and rest with her as she stands processing what's going on. And I wait for her to return to the parasympathetic nervous system, to return to the rest and digest and to get, give those licks and chews. And this has been so productive because she never reaches her threshold. She never gets so uncomfortable that she stops wanting to learn. Every time we learn something new, I allow her to come back down to a calm state. And I could be waiting there with her for 10 seconds, or I could be waiting with her for the lick and chew for her to get back down to that parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, I could be waiting for her to get back down for 10 or 15 minutes. And all I do is I wait, I focus on my breathing, and I'm quiet. I just sit in the silence instead of all that noise of the of the different maneuvers we have to accomplish. It's just we're just standing there together in the silence. That's what I'm realizing, that the best work that we're accomplishing, the most productive work is actually in the silence when to the outside it might not even seem like we're getting stuff done. That sometimes the best work is actually done while we're waiting. While I'm waiting for that lick and chew, while I'm waiting for the return to the parasympathetic. And I think that is such an amazing point for everyone in life, no matter where you are. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I always used to avoid calm. I used to avoid the silence and I used to avoid the stillness because I thought that meant I was not being productive. I thought if I ever take a second off, or if I ever fail to be moving at any given point, then I'm not being as productive as I could be, which means I'm not fulfilling what I need to be. And that means I'm failing. But what I've been realizing is that in the silence and in the stillness, we can be just as productive if we're using it in the correct way through reflection and through listening to the voices that we need to be listening and maybe those voices are friends. Maybe those voices are family members. And maybe those voices, for those of you who are who faith is a big deal for you, uh, maybe that voice that you need to be listening to is God, right? And maybe if faith isn't that big of a deal for you, maybe you still are wondering about this God. And maybe the only way he's going to reveal himself to you is through the quiet, through the silence. I heard an amazing song recently and I've just been listening to it like every single day called Quiet and it's by Elevation Rhythms. Look it up, Quiet by Elevation Rhythms and it it 
It is a song based on this story in the Bible. And whether you're a person of faith or not, I kind of want to share this story to share, um, one, how I perceive God to interact with people, and two, what it really means to be productive in the silence and how stillness and silence um, are way more powerful than all the noise of the world and all the um, surface level power that the world has. So in this story, Elijah, who is one of, um, who, who is a person hundreds of years before Jesus, he is sent to a mountaintop to go meet with God, right? And, and God says, I'm going to meet you at this mountaintop once you get there. So Elijah hikes to the top of this mountain and he's waiting for his encounter with God. I think a lot of us are waiting for the encounter with God. Like, Hey God, when are you going to show up? Right? You're, you're the God of the world. So when you're the God of the universe, so when are you going to show up? How are you going to show up? And I'm pretty sure that's what Elijah was feeling. I made it to the top of this mountain. Okay. So where are you? Right? You said you were going to meet me here. And a lot of you believe that God's going to meet you somewhere, but you just can't find him. And I'm hoping this is going to be some encouragement. And it says, as Elijah was at the top of the mountain, there came a mighty wind that blew all the trees, but God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake that shook the entire earth, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was this fire that burned down every tree on the mountain, but God wasn't in the fire. And then it became still. And then it became silent. And God was in a whisper. Isn't that so true for us, folks? That there's so much noise in this world. We're hearing this on the news. We're hearing this on the social media. People in our lives are telling us this or that. And we're amidst all that noise, that power, that wind, that fire. We're searching for God and we can't find it because those things are so powerful. They're so loud. And it says God was in the whisper. And then God whispered. So this God that can do anything in the world, that God can be louder than any person, that God that can be louder than anything, chose to speak to his people in the silence through a whisper. That is so, one, that's so encouraging. And two, that's so something that we need to hear because I think we don't really make time for silence. And so I, I, I read this story and I listened to this song for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And about a week after I started listening to the song, after a week of reading the story, I was like, oh my gosh, that was awesome, dude. Uh, and then my friend Kobe and I did, uh, planned a backpacking trip. And Kobe's brother went, my brother went, and then our friend Nathan went. And we were going on this backpacking trip in the mountains, and then we were going to stay the night there. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to a mountain. This is going to be epic. You know, I was like, I'm going to go hike to the mountaintop in the morning, you know, for an encounter with with Jesus, you know. And 
I definitely went in with a lot of expectation, right? I was like, I'm going to wake up early. I feel like that's more spiritual. Then I'm going to go to the top of this mountain or top of this rock. And then I'm just going to wait there as the sun rises and expect God to like say something to me or something, you know, something profound, something that's going to change my life, right? I definitely went in with a lot of expectation. So the morning came and I wake up like 5 a.m. before the sun and I go stand on the top of this rock. Wake up early. I go stand on the rock and I just sat there in silence, right? Because I'm like, God speaks in the silence. He's going to whisper to me. I'm just going to be quiet. He's going to whisper. I'm just gonna, he's speaking to me in the silence, right? So I sat there, got there at 5. Then it was 5.30. Then it was 6. Then it was 6.30. And then nothing. And I was like, God, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he's probably... uh. He's probably trying to say something, you know. Uh, am I just not doing this right? Um, yeah, God probably just doesn't want to speak. He's probably not doing anything right now because, you know, he wants me to figure. And then I was trying to make all these excuses for why God didn't, in quotes, show up for me, right? I think we do that all the time where God didn't show up. He must have been busy or he's not real or all these things. And I started trying to justify God's actions like, oh, yeah, he probably didn't show up because I don't even remember what I was thinking. But I started giving these excuses like for why God didn't give up. But he's still good. You know, he's still good, even though he didn't like we didn't he didn't show up for me. And I started giving these like excuses, trying to justify whatever happened. And then as I'm heading down the rock, I feel God tell me, stop trying to justify everything I don't do. I'm always doing something. I was like, yeah, true, my bad. You know, uh, roast, right? Because I think a lot of times we're like trying to speak on God's behalf of why he didn't do something. And he's like, I actually never don't do something. And so when I'm trying to justify what I thought he didn't do, he's like, stop trying to justify whatever you think I don't do, because in reality, I'm always doing something. He's doing something in our silence. So when I was sitting there on the rock for an hour and a half in the total silence, not getting any powerful revelations or anything, he was actually doing something. And I couldn't hear it and I couldn't see it. Because, friends, silence does not equal stagnation, right? Just because it's quiet doesn't mean you're not going anywhere. Doesn't mean nothing's happening just because you can't hear it, just because you can't see it, or just because you can't feel it. So my horse, Grace. I have a lot of people come to visit her because, oh no, she's freaking awesome. And one time I had... Kobe, who I went backpacking with, his whole family came, plus like a couple of his friends. So it was like eight people or nine people came to see Grace. And we have a round pen on the ranch where I keep Grace. And we'll do this thing. It's called lunging. So basically, I'll send her, I'll be staying in the middle of the pen, and then I'll send Grace around the pen in one direction. And then I can stop her. Um, all from the middle and then I'll send her around from the other direction and I stand in the middle the whole time and give her cues 
I'll give her cues with a flag, with my voice, with my body language, all those things. Grace has learned to move off of my body language voice and the flag. And so as I show Kobe's family, family, this, they start wanting to try. And I said, yeah, for sure. Come in. So they would come into the middle of the round, then one by one, all eight or nine or whoever, however many people were there. And they would want to lunge grace. And as they were attempting to lunge grace, I would be staying behind them, but I'd be quiet. And then every once in a while, I would whisper in their ear, hold the flag up, take a step forward, take a step back. Okay, now click. And I would remain quiet every once in a while. I'd whisper. But here's the thing. Most of the time, they screwed up. Like, most of the time, all eight of them did something totally wrong. They were in the wrong position. They did something. They couldn't make the correct noises. They had their flag in the wrong hand. They were moving it the wrong way. But because I was behind them, I could actually, and because I knew what was going on with Grace, I could actually position myself to work everything that they did wrong. I could actually make that all better without them even knowing it. So I was behind them in the in the circle. So they couldn't even see what I was doing. But as they screwed up, I could fix it in an instant. I could work everything that they did wrong together and I could make it good. And and I wasn't even saying anything behind them. They would be in the correct they they'd be in the correct body position. I would change my body position to make sure Grace knew what to do. And they had no idea that I was doing it. I was doing it in the complete silence. Every time they screwed up, every time they were in a bad position, or every time they lost focus, I had the ability to fix it. And I did it in the quiet. Every once in a while, I'd whisper. But sometimes I was working things together for good without them even knowing. I wouldn't even make a noise. But it would be foolish for anyone seeing from the outside to say that I wasn't doing anything just because that person who I was standing behind couldn't see or hear me. And I think that's what we do with God. We can't see God's right behind us helping us when we mess up. We can't see that God's actually working all things together for good when all we see is the result of our bad positioning. All we see is the result of our loss of focus. And we don't see God very quiet behind us, actually working everything out together for good. And then we blame God because we didn't hear him correct the horse. We didn't hear him correct our mistake. But in reality, he's right there behind us, working everything together for good, even though almost everything that we do, we do wrong. And so in our lives, whenever we feel like we're screwing up, whenever we feel like we just don't have it all together, we don't have the answers, we can't go anywhere that's going to get us to the place where we ultimately want to go, and this the horse isn't going around the pen in the way that we want it, it's going too fast, it's not going fast enough, it's going the complete wrong direction, and we can't get it to go the direction that we want it to go And then all of a sudden the horse turns the way we want it to go and we didn't even do anything to help. You realize that there's been a person behind you the whole time working everything together for good. 
I think sometimes we have no idea what's going on in the silence. Here's what I want to challenge to you if I can. What areas in your life are you going to stop talking and what areas are you going to start listening? Because I think a lot of times we talk, heck, I love talking, but I think a lot of times we talk and then we don't even give anyone time to respond, whether that's God or whether that's a mentor whether that's a teacher, whether that's a coach, a parent, a friend. So what areas in your life are you being way too loud or allowing the, no- the noise of the world to be way too loud and not just sitting there in silence, in reflection, to figure out how you're going to grow, how you're, how you're going to feel the love that you need to receive. Because, friends, silence is not the enemy actually the vessel to get us where we need to go so i'm challenging you instead of feeling you have to be to feel like you have to be overly busy in order to be productive let's be productive by actually being still let's be silent let's make time in our day to be still god says this all the time in the bible he says be still i think we can be patient in the calm in the quiet and in the rest Because a lot of times it doesn't come right away. Sometimes it took me five or ten seconds in order to shift Grace's position once the person in the middle had messed up. And I think with God, we can't expect him to correct it right away. Not because he doesn't have the ability, but because maybe he's working things together that are so beyond your capacity that you don't realize what he's actually doing. So, if but if Jesus isn't your thing... um, that's cool. Maybe you need to stop listening to the voices, the, like the other voices in your life that are telling you you're not enough. This goes for Jesus people or not Jesus people. Um, maybe you need to stop listening to the voices in your life that are telling you that you're not enough and start listening to the voices in your life that are telling you how awesome you are, how amazing you are. Because here's the reality. I don't really care who you are. You're so loved. And I don't really care who you are, but you are amazing. And I need I think you need to, for to hear that from people. I think people need to tell you and you need to surround yourself with people that are going to remind you how amazing you are and and, and not just not just telling you that you're not enough because you are. And so maybe you yourself, maybe that voice that's so loud in your head that's preventing you from growth preventing you from feeling loved, from preventing you from getting out of depression, out of this addiction. Maybe that voice is other people and you start listening to voices that are actually going to help you and show you how loved you are and show you that you are a champion. Um, But maybe that voice isn't someone else. Maybe that voice that's being way too loud in your mind is actually yourself. Maybe you need to give yourself a break. Maybe you need to give yourself some grace and start listening in the silence. I can't I can't explain how important, I can't overstate how important it is to be in the silence. Listen in the silence to to how you're truly feeling about um about yourself. And then please really just listen to who you are. There's going to be two voices in your head. I can tell you now, whenever you do this, there's going to be a voice that tells you you're not enough. And why are you doing this? This is stupid. 
And then there's going to be a voice that is telling you that you are so loved. And so which voice are you going to listen to? Please try this. So if you're, um, so if you are a Jesus person or if you're interested or, um, maybe you don't even care, I think everyone needs to stop putting words in Jesus's mouth. Like I did on the mountain, right? On the mountain, I was like trying to justify whatever God did. Like, oh, he probably didn't want to speak to me because of this. Um, I think we just need to shut up and we need to listen. But I also think we do need to expect an encounter because that's what faith is. I When I went to the mountain, I expected an encounter and it didn't show up in the way that I thought it was going to. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I got an encounter um, that's called faith, right? If we if we go through life not expecting an encounter with Jesus, then that's not faith. That's just a set of rules or a religion. But what the reason I don't say um, for religious folks, I don't really like that word religious at all. I like the word faith because it means you need to expect what other people don't see as normal, right? Um, I expected an encounter and that expectation is faith. I expected God to show up. I had faith that God was going to show up. And so for those of you that are interested, for those of you that are unsure, for those of you who already believe in Jesus, expect an encounter. That's why it's called faith. So I just want you to sit in silence. I want you to listen to the voices in your head that build you up, not the ones that push you down, okay? And if if you're being overcome by the voices that are pushing you down, ask the voices that are building you up to push away those voices that are putting you down because they have the power to do that. I love, I've been planning this episode for so long and I love this topic and I so hope that it encouraged you. This has been something that I've been working on so hard in the past Um month or so this idea of just being quiet and and waiting in anticipation and expectation and i think it's so powerful for everyone i think it's powerful when we are able to sit in the quiet and reflect and allow those positive voices those um those voices of love those voices of god to tell us how loved we are to tell us that we are going to make a difference right? And that we are enough, that we are loved. I I love talking about what I'm going through on this podcast. I don't talk about what I'm good at um, because that's just not the vibe I'm going for. And I don't think I'm good at being quiet. I don't think I'm good at sitting in the silence, but it is something that I'm so working on right now and working through. And that's why I want to take you on the journey. It's been so fun. And heck, a lot of times I forget to be quiet and I just keep talking. Um, But it's something I'm working on. And as I go through the journey, I just wanted to keep you up to speed so that maybe you can try yourself. It's awesome. Once again, I'm going to have a kid's edition, like a two-minute deal of this episode that you can show to your kids. Or if you just want a quick summary a uh, quick refresher at any point, listen to that. Um, it says kids edition, but also it's just mainly a summary in very easy to understand language. 
If you don't follow the Instagram or the Facebook, go do that. It's called I Started Listening on both of those. And uh, yeah, I hope you have the best day probably of your entire life because you deserve it. No, not even because you deserve it. Just because you're loved. That's why you should have the best day of your life. Um, I'm going to end with a joke. As always, I hope these jokes are fun. If you have a joke, oh my gosh, I haven't said this in forever. If you have a joke, send it in. Text it to me because you can be featured on the next episode if I started listening. That'd be cool. So, all right. When are most, when are most frogs born? During leap year. <laughs> nice. All right. Hey, you are loved. You're chosen. You will be silent. You will be quiet. You will shut up. All right. Have a great day. I love you. Goodbye.